morning to the greater community. Welcome back. We are on this journey to learn more about what God is doing, um, not just inside the four walls of Community Covenant, but out in the community and around the world. And today, super excited to have two uh, members of our team, Rural Vision team, Becca Dawson and Nick Maroki. And uh, love for you guys to just introduce yourselves. Uh, I'm Becca, and this is my fourth year running with Team World Vision. Um, I am, let's see, mom of two boys, a hairstylist, owner of a salon, and uh, gosh, that's, that's pretty much my life. And now I run with Team World Vision, so. Awesome. And Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. I'm Nick Maroki. Uh, I am the Team World Vision Area Director here in Kansas City. Uh, we were trying to figure out how long I've been on here, and actually it's three years, because my first race is 2018, uh, and then last year I ran in 2019, and this will be my third year in 2020, so I uh, did not see myself in this role. Uh, when we moved to Kansas City, I was actually doing a different job, uh, so we got, you know, my wife and I, have got three kids, and so we are, you know, fully engaged and involved in Team World Vision, which is not what we thought was going to be happening when we first moved from Denver to Kansas City, but it's been an awesome uh, journey and we're super excited to be on it. So obviously I know you guys outside of the Zoom call were friends um, and I know enough about the two of you that to know that you did not come out of the womb as long distance runners. <laughs> How did y'all get involved in this crazy World Vision stuff? Um, my brother-in-law ran in 2013 and 2015, the Twin Cities Marathon with World Vision. And uh, so I just went and cheered him on. I had no idea what Team World Vision was until then. Um, but it was so much fun cheering on the runners. And the runners are really inspiring. And you could just feel the emotion from them when they cross the finish line. And it's an incredible experience to witness. Um, so in 2017, when our church was going to have a team, we went to the meeting to sign my husband up because he was clearly the better runner, uh, which is my favorite part of the story. I went to sign him up, um, and I ended up signing up for the race that night. Um, once I found out that you know, we had the information placed in front of us and the knowledge of what to do, to help solve this crisis, I just couldn't say no once I was given the ability um, and the information I needed to take it and run with it. I just decided to start running. So that's it. How about you, Nick? How did you go from living in Kansas City and kind of working in a business oriented job to doing what you're doing now? You know, I'll, I'll even take it back a little further. Um, so, you know, we lived in Denver for 10 years and we decided, you know, we wanted to move to Kansas City to be closer to family. Uh, I had a job where I was working from home and the original plan was actually to get my real estate license and try to do, uh, you know, property management or getting into real estate because we thought that was a great way for us to, you know, get some properties to invest in. So I had this grand plan of doing this whole other thing uh, and, you know, I remember getting a call one day uh, from an old college buddy of mine and he said, Hey man, I think there's a perfect job for you. Uh, like helping out with like this with world vision and, and, and doing their, their, their marathon races. Um, and I immediately lost him at that word because I knew what that meant was I had to run. Uh, and at the time I 
probably could even put together a mile. Uh, and I couldn't remember the last time I had even tried to run. So I told him, no thanks, man. Uh, sounds, I'd love to support the cause. Let me know where to send a check. Uh, but that's not gonna be, that's not in the cards for me to hold something else planned. So, you know, a couple of uh, weeks later, I get a call from uh, uh, who ended up hiring me, but she just said, hey, I would love for you to consider this opportunity, just pray about it uh, and see if, you know, God has something, you know, he's calling me to do something here. And I, I immediately was like, man, how could, she said, pray about it. That's a good, that's nice. Okay, I have to pray, but I cannot, like, just not pray about it. So I did, I said, okay, I'll pray about it. Uh, and just in praying about it and talking to, you know, my own kids, asking more about what Timor Vision does and me doing the research and finding out that what they do is really important. You know, they are um, invested in bringing clean uh, water to these communities that are desperate for that, you know, because we know that that is uh, one of the leading causes of death on the planet, the lack of access to clean water. And just the, what they have to do to get to water and all these things, there's just, there's so many layers, we'll probably go into that a little more, but it just, started dawning on me that I had an opportunity to be or be a part of something special uh, and that God was definitely calling me to this and I, I was fighting it I really honestly it's the last thing I really wanted to, I know it sounds terrible <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to do it uh, and I was part of me was afraid a because I couldn't run number two just the idea of fundraising and you know, getting on stages and you know all these things that I just didn't want to do I mean I worked from home like I was had a great gig. I mean, I, I always joke around sometimes about how I was able to, you know, spend certain lunch breaks at the driving range. Like, no, like there wasn't all this crazy, like traveling and stuff. Um, but honestly, God just broke my heart. That's what it really came down to. Uh, and it was an opportunity that I could not ignore. Uh, obviously, don't regret it at all. It's been an amazing experience, but uh, it was a hard sell at first uh, but once the light bulb came on i realized that uh i was going to be part of something special and it has been well, we're going to talk about in a little bit the why because it takes a pretty big why <clears throat> these kind of things but i know becca you mentioned you know you heard some information and you had you know planned to set ryan down this pathway <laughs> you end up doing like what was it about what you heard that made you say i have to do this Oh gosh, this is the part in my story where uh, I usually tear up. So hopefully <laughs> I'm gonna try and hold it together. Um, when our team was being launched and I, my ears perked up as I'm changing, you know, chasing around my two kids. Um, and I heard that half of these kids were dying before age five. And that every single one of those deaths was preventable. And I looked at my two boys and statistically, that would mean, because um, my oldest was four. So statistically, I would be losing one of my children within that year. And um, that's what broke my heart. And um, once we were given the ability to help these moms provide, I mean, our bodies can't live without water. And so... Um, to be able to help these moms give their children this water and see them flourish and have a life. And um, I want to break that statistic. I want that statistic to be no longer. And uh, I need these kids to live past age five. 
So that's kind of where my whole focus has been is that one statistic alone just really uh, hit me hard that day. So. And Nick, you talked about you know, God, God kind of broke your heart, but what, yeah, what was it about the work where you were like, okay, this isn't something I can just like pray about and then not do it. Like you obviously, you felt convinced and convicted enough to say, okay, I got to do this thing that I don't necessarily really, my, my body's telling me I don't really want to do this, but something else is telling me I, I need to. Like what, what was that switch? Oh yeah, my body was telling me no, my mind was saying no. <laughs> uh, you know, like the thought of Saturday mornings and the freedom that I have was saying no, all these things. Uh, but my heart, that's, that's what was saying yes. Like, I remember uh, early on, you know, before Alyssa's lady who called, I, she was going to call and I said, I told Pam, um, I'm not going to take the call. I, I, or at least I'll take the call, just tell her no. Um, and you know, obviously I didn't say no on that call, but that next, that, that night I couldn't sleep. Uh, I just had this thing that just was churning inside of me. It was like this, this little, like a little mini battle, uh, like my body, my mind and my heart. Right. Um, and obviously that was the Holy spirit. I believe that was working, you know, in, like fighting inside for, for what God was calling me into. Um, but like Becca, you know, I have, I have, uh, at the time it was two kids. Um, and you know, one was, had just, uh, was getting ready to turn five. Uh, Emery, Emery was getting ready to turn five. And I just was rewatching these videos, you know, cause you know, kind of showing how these kids are walking on average six kilometers a day, uh, to gain access to water. And it's downhills, it's in the dark, it's, uh, they're, they're important vulnerable situations. Um, and there's so many more things attributed to that. It's not just a water walk in the morning. There's a lot more that goes into that. But just thinking about my wife, um, I mean, my, my kids uh, having to do that, like, it, it didn't compute, you know, like it was like this thing. And, and I remember one time watching one of the videos and um, Emery looked up and said, Dad, what, what are they doing? Like, why are they doing this? And I was like, well, they need to, uh, they need water. This is all they can do. And she's like, you know, just that confusion in her eyes. And you could, and she's like, well, what can we do to help them? Uh, and it was like something in that comment was like, usually someone is in that position. They don't have someone asking them to actually take on a job. They can, they can actually do something, you know? And so it was almost like God was using her to ask, you know, what are you going to do? You know, can you step? You gonna step off the sideline and do this thing that I'm calling you to? Uh, and that was just, you know, that was a powerful, you know, experience. But just a lot of other different parts that go into that story of just God sh slowly revealing to me um, why it was so important uh, for me to to do that work. Um, and so that's probably the best way I could put it. And you know, I, and I'll and I'm I'm getting long winded here, but I'll just jump over and say, you know, I was actually born in Kenya. Uh, and so there was this like dynamic at play as well, like going back to Africa and, and doing work in that same continent that I was born in, uh, where I know I had family and relatives who still are impacted by poverty over there. Uh, and so there was just this dynamic at play as well, as far as my personal life and my experience that also was drawing me into that work. Yeah. Man. So you guys start out and 
I'm gonna go back to Becca. Um, so you say yes, you sign up, but then you actually have to go out and like start running. <laughs> Your first few, you know, time. What's that like? Um, well, like Nick said, I don't think I could have pieced together a mile. Um, I don't even know if I could have run down, like down the block when I started. So, um, base training, you start with a two minute run and a one minute walk, and you only have to do that for 20 minutes. Um, and those two minutes were the longest two minutes of my life. They lasted forever. Um, so base training was really hard, but I almost feel like, um, you know, we talk a lot to our runners about just stepping through that fear of, oh my gosh, what did I just sign up for to, okay, God, you brought me to this. I'm going to need you to get me through this. Um, so it really, uh, gosh, it just, um, I think our bodies are just able to do so much more than we even give them credit for. And I think the training schedule is so good. The encouragement of the team is so good. Um, and it just ends up being a great success, especially we got God on our side. You got a great team on your side and a great cause. Um, so I just, I just really had to keep my focus on why I was even running. And I had those moms in the back of my mind and, um, they, I just never, I couldn't stop. So. And I know Nick, you have a story about the first time you ever showed up to a group run. <laughs> uh, talk to yeah. you. You agree? Well, I think I'm going to do this. You show up to this church in Lenexa, um, Copper Church is <laughs> a lot on a Saturday morning, really early. Like, what's going through your head? Well, you know, like Becca, I remember my first run. Uh, I left out the back and went down the road, and I was like, I'm a I'm a, they tell us not to do this actually. So on your first run, don't try to go out and try to qualify yourself for this thing. Because if that's your goal, like, can I do this marathon and you go out and try to run your fastest mile or do a mile, you'll quickly learn that that's not really how it works. Because halfway through that first run, I almost cried because I was like, because I'd already accepted the job, okay? And I was committed to run this half marathon. And I was like, I can't. I was like, I'm tempted to call Pam to come pick me up, and I'm half a mile away. Uh, and basically, you know, crawled back home. Um, that's why there's a training plan. And that training plan is, is in place for that exact reason, because if you try to do that, it's going to work. So that was the, the condition I was in at the time. But the other dynamic is, as the T-Mobile Vision Area Director, it's your job to be at these runs and, you know, support and encourage and, and be a part of that. So I remember... I missed the first group run, uh, you know, and, and like my boss was like, so what happened? Did you get to, and I, it was just like, you know, I didn't realize that the time and like how important it was for, to be there. Uh, so the truth was I was terrified. I was so scared, okay? Uh, and I didn't want to go because I was like, these people are going to be running. They're going to be faster than me. I'm going to be the guy who looks so silly. You're uh, not in the first group run at the beginning of the season. You're jumping in like – Fairly close to race day, right? Yeah, yeah. I was about eight, 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 eight weeks out, maybe. Um, but you know, but they, but they had been in. Here's the thing: nobody knows. I'm going to reveal this. 
like they've been telling me before I was hired to go to these group runs, like just go check them out, see what they're like. And I was like, no way, like I'm terrified. Uh, so, but when I got the job, I was like, I guess I'm getting, I have to go to the group run. There's no, there's no, you can't say no to that. Uh, so the first, after I got hired that first Saturday, I show up at Call Prairie Church and I'm sitting in the parking lot and I'm debating, how do I get out of this? And again, just dawned on me, bro, this is your job. You can't, you gotta go down there. Uh, and so what I did is I, I went down and I just kind of like hung back. I tried to like, nobody knew exactly what my, something, one or two people might've known. I don't even know if anybody knew really. Uh, but I showed up and just try to sit back and you know, not be noticed. But at group runs, if you're there, you're gonna get loved on and people are gonna check in and see how you're doing and, and, and wanna connect. Cause that's, that's the biggest part of what we do is the community aspect. And group runs like the biggest part of that. And so I remember just people just introduce themselves, like letting you know it's cool, like don't we don't run fast. So I'm like, I'm walking, you know, like and as soon as I was like, I'm walking, I'm like, yes, I'm probably gonna be doing something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I remember being terrified because it was an eight miler that day. Uh, and I'd been doing a little bit running on my own up at, at that point, but it was so special because I met Becca that day. Uh, and Becca was so encouraging on that course. And Obviously, Beck and I have become great friends, and she's like, you know, such a huge part of what we do now. Uh, but back then, she was just a random person on the trail next to me. Uh, but this random person was this encouraging force. Uh, and I remember halfway, uh, you know, listening, uh, you know, my earbuds uh, on the way back. The, the four mile point where you turn around, uh, I was listening to some sort of praise and worship song. And I just started weeping because I couldn't imagine Nick Maroki just ran four miles and he's about to run four more and he feels like this is like something that he can do like it became attainable and it was just something that day that changed everything uh, that first group run I'm, I was addicted to the group right I, I don't think I I mean maybe when I'm on vacation once or twice in the summer do I miss so um, that's that's how I got indoctrinated into uh, the world of running. Uh, was that, yeah. That so Becca, that something Nick said maybe something made me think about, you know, so going from where, you know, those two miles of the long or the two minutes of the longest two minutes of your life. At what point that first year do you feel like you were, you, you thought to yourself, I can actually do this. So I remember getting the training for me. I remember yeah. getting <laughs> the first year you see all those weeks, all those miles. And, I, and it's interesting because every year we have new runners. Yeah. In common, it's like, okay, we're doing 35 minutes today, but I'm looking in like August, we're going to run like seven miles and you're going to run like five miles during the week and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, what was the point in that first season where you were like, you know what, I think I can actually do this? Um, I specifically remember one time I had to do a treadmill run and in the beginning, you know, I couldn't even run a couple minutes at a time. And I remember one time on the treadmill, I made it six minutes without stopping. And I got off and I called my husband and I was like, I just did six minutes. And it was like this great haha moment. And then I'll never forget the six mile run 
Um, Because I thought back to the moment that I did six minutes and thought that I had achieved something so great, which at the time it was. And so I remember going six miles and that one really stuck out to me and had me crying. Cause I'm like, how in the world did I just go six miles? And um, it was just, just an incredible moment, like Nick said, of just feeling like, okay, I've got this. I can do this. And um, just one of the fav- my favorite things that we tell new runners is you will definitely put an only in front of numbers that scare you in the beginning. And I hear people do it all the time. You know, today they went eight miles. And I think all my runners were like, oh, we only have eight today. And eight miles is one of those numbers. When you get in the schedule and you have eight, nine, 10 right in a row, it's terrifying. Like those three weeks, like you said, I remember looking at the schedule and just being terrified for eight, nine, 10. And then at the end of the season, we have people saying only in front of eight. And so um, it's just really incredible, um, really just what your body can shape up to do and and we just need to trust our bodies and trust the training plan and look what happens so we start saying onlys (laughs) well it's even like when I think about the season I mean you start in June in in October and the weather in June is quite a bit different typically than it is in October and so you know you really do have to fight through Mm -hmm. tough like July and August. I mean, there was quite a few Saturdays where we had 6 a.m. starts instead of 7 a.m. starts because it's just like, man, it's if you wait till seven, it's going to just get too hot. Out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Don't tell people that. <laughs> 6 a.m. I mean, we never have brutal runs. Never at 6 a.m. <laughs> uh, it's funny because, and I was going to ask, was was uh, was Brian gracious to you? Because you said Brian's a runner, right, Becca? when you were talking about the six minutes, was he like super yes. gracious? Like, I mean, I just think for, <laughs> for, me, for me, like I, uh, the first time I kind of connected something about how running was something I could do was I ran, I'd been doing little chunks and I went out the same route that I did the first day. Uh, but this time it was like one and a half miles mm-hmm. out. And when I came back, uh, this was like three weeks in or something like that, four weeks in. I had run the whole thing. I ran all the way back to the house. And I was like, I thought I was, it was like the greatest thing ever. Like I just ran three miles. And I was like, who do I call? Who do I tell? So <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, if I tell runner runners, I'd be like, so what? But like, it, it's, it, it might not seem like a big deal, you know, but it really is for each person. And that's the whole point. A big part of what we do is wanting people to, to go through a transformational experience themselves. You know, we could just ask for donations, which we do. So if you want to donate, please donate. We'll share our links. We have no problem asking for donations. <laughs> but I, I think what, the, what we love to see is that, sure, donate, but let's mm-hmm. have that person also go through their own transformational experience. Because like, there's no way you start, if you've never done anything like this before, go through 18 weeks of training and not go through some sort of transformation. Yes. Well, I want to talk about that. That's a great... That's a great point you bring up, Nick. I want to talk about that piece because I, one of the things that I have noticed uh, doing training, so full disclosure, whether you're listening, <coughs> on, watching on YouTube, I am part of the Team World Vision team. I took the plunge a couple of years ago. This is season three for me as well. Um, but one thing that is, is sometimes really discouraging is you can feel like you make a ton of progress, 
and then you have that one bad run or you have that one or two bad weeks or you get, you know, a nagging injury or something like that and it sets you back. How have you, how have you both seen kind of the ups and downs of training be formational for you? Like, how have you seen it grow your faith, grow your, you know, grow yourself physically? Like, how have you seen kind of, because you keep, obviously, I mean, Nick, you work for Royal Vision, but Becca, you, you put in a lot of your volunteer time for this. You keep mm-hmm. signing up to do this really hard thing every year. Obviously, there's been, beyond just the benefit to, you know, and we're going to talk more about that before we finish, but, you know, how, how have you seen this whole process of gearing up and pushing through? How has it, how has it been transformational? Um, I think my first year I learned that I can't do it alone. Um, and I have the type of personality where I don't like to ask for help. I don't like um, to feel like a burden on somebody else. <laughs> yeah, I see your giggle. Uh, and so this one really, I couldn't do alone. I had to lean on other people. I had to lean on God. This was definitely not something that I could do alone. Um, and I think I started off my first year trying to not, you know, I didn't want to complain about something hurting. I didn't want to complain about anything. I wanted to build everybody else up and always be positive. Um, but there were times that I needed help. I had my own issues and my own pains and struggles. And, um, I did have to ask for help, which it's not an easy task to do. Um, so, I mean, I think I prayed a lot more than I ever have in my entire life. Uh, it just really opened up this whole other side of me that I think I had tried to kind of keep closed for so many years. It was, I just want to be there for everybody else. Nobody needs to really be here for me. I'm going to be here for you. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't hold that up. I needed people, I needed people to, to help me too. So. Can you talk about that? Cause I wasn't around for the year one. Can you talk about that team? It was a smaller team, but yeah. what was the dynamic like the, that back in 2017, that first year? Oh gosh. Um, when you run with people, it's really, things get really personal. I feel like you're sweating, you're um, really emotional on a lot of the runs. For a lot of us, this was the longest run we have ever been on. And so each week it was like climbing this other little part of the mountain. And so it's really, to go through something like that together, it almost bonds you like family. And, um, you know, the people that I met that first year are some of the cl- my closest friends now. And um, they're brothers and sisters. And it's just, I wish that everybody could have that same experience. Like my goal when somebody joins this team is to try to give them that experience because it just is really incredible. It's hard to put into words, I think. So let's talk about the team dynamic a little bit. And because I think something that might surprise people is how many non-runners are on Team Real Vision. Like I would say it's almost the exception that you get somebody who said like, Hey, I ran cross country in college or Mm -hmm. I run four miles a day or five miles a day. Like certainly we have those people. There's a lot more of people like the three of us on this call that are like, I really would probably not choose (laughs) 
when people say like you're a runner i'm like that's only because there's kids that don't have water like if there if there's, if there's a way to do this thing then we you know i would we would if there was a you know we talked we were joking at shawnee mission park a couple weeks ago on our 10 mile run like can there be like a team world vision float team where you can just like float down the river on some rafts and just like kick back and can, can we is that a way to raise money and obviously it's not there's something about people taking on a challenge that encourages people to want to donate um, and i remember i mean so my story of this is i remember um i was not over team world vision year one i was kind of like came in to kind of support at the end and then um a person named Alyssa, who also in, started emailing and calling she's me. She's tricky. What's that? She's tricky, but she'll get you. <laughs> she's, she'll get you. Real good. So she kept on emailing me, <laughs> writing me things, and then she's like, hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? And I was like, sure. I'm, I, our church did this, and I am in charge of missions. Yes, I'll talk to you. And um, I remember her sitting down with me and saying, no, you really need to run this thing. And I'm somebody who I ran the 200 meters. That's halfway around a track. That was my distance. And that was in high school. And I'm gonna turn 43 here in a couple of weeks. That was when I was 16, There's a lot, 43 minus 16. That's a lot of years in between like being physically fit. And I was, you know, way more in shape, way thinner. And I was actually missed two years. And I, I had all the excuses. I said, I said, you know, Alyssa, I, I missed two years of high school track because of stress fractures of my ankles. If I couldn't do it at 16, there's no way I'd be able to do it at the time. I was like, I was 41. There's no way I'd be able to do it at 41. And she's like, but you know, if you do it, probably other people from your church will do it too. <laughs> Leadership team kind of thing. And I, I kind of reluctantly, the Lord was like, yeah, dude, you do need to do this stuff. Um, but what, I agree with what both of you said. There's something about being with the people, especially on the Saturday. So talk a little bit about like, I mean, we've kind of talked about it being really encouraging, but what is it about those Saturday runs that not just the Saturday runs, but like, I feel like the Saturday run is a snapshot of like the community that you're creating within Team World Vision. So what is it about that community that is keeps people signing up for this craziness? You know, interesting, you know, and just to hit on the earlier point you made about food, who, who says yes to this? Uh, I, I do a lot of pastor beatings, and they're always, a lot of times out here, I mean, oh, I, I, you're not going to get anybody. Not, my people, they're not runners. They're, there's not, we don't have, we, you might get like two or three, because I know there's two or three who, who do a lot of the running. And, I'll, and I, usually I'm like, pastor, you'll be surprised that morning, like, the runner runners, that's an easy yes. Like we, like we know they'll be down there. Uh, but you'll be shocked at who comes down and says yes to this thing. It's the, it's the last person you think. Uh, because it's more than just, you know, we, when we share about what World Vision and Team World Vision does, you already at the beginning know that this is not just about running, right? We have walkers, you know, we have uh, people who have, you know, I always say all shapes, all sizes, all abilities are welcome, you know? Uh, and even like me personally, like, like I said, I was, you know, 
I, I probably have lost about 30 pounds since I, since I started this, this thing. Uh, and so like when I first started, I was not in shape. I was not that kind of person who would be running. Uh, but the reason I got so like, why, why, why so much of it made sense to me was I was new to Kansas City. Uh, I remember that. And all of a sudden I had instant community, like, like friends asking to hang out, like wanting to get together, like wanting to know my kids. Uh, I remember uh, community covenant, the, uh, Missy Wolf drops off a whole thing of uh, stuff, baby stuff for my kids. Uh, last year, brand new runners from, from Grace uh, Community, they brought stuff for baby Joe when she was born. Uh, so it's not just about that, that group run. That's, that is like the most exciting part each week because you're going to get to see people and run. Uh, but that community is built out in so many ways. Uh, it, goes, it goes beyond the trail. It goes beyond running. Uh, so like you have that component of, yeah, physically you, you're going to get in better shape. You're going to feel stronger. You're going to have more energy. Like that's, but I don't think that's why we do it, you know, uh, because let's be honest, we could have been working out and getting in shape before all this, right? Uh, and the reason people keep coming back, in my opinion, is it's, it encompasses so many different dynamics that we need, uh, you know, especially this year. I mean, this year more than ever, uh, the, the need for that community is so important. And so needed. Uh, and I've just, I have friends who I'll be in community with for years to come. Even, you know, who, who knows how long I'm in this role. Beyond that, we're going to be in community. And to me, that's a priceless uh, return on my investment, if you ask. Yeah. What about for you, Becca? What is it about those Saturday group runs that really, like, is so special? Ah, oh, gosh. Well, I think... You, Nick really nailed a lot of what it feels like on Saturdays. Um, I also was terrified to go to my first group run. I think it, I was like 10 weeks in I, my first year before I showed up to one. And my first group run was so amazing that I was like, I cannot believe that I waited this long. I missed so many weeks of group runs because I was too scared to go. And um, that's probably my biggest regret from year one was not getting to a group run that very first week um, because we're not all really great runners. Most of us, but as it, 80% are brand new to running um, every year. So we pile in a lot of brand new runners, people that have never done it. And so I just wish that I would have realized that group runs would be like that. Um, they're very comfortable. We do have people of all abilities. And so I feel like there's really something for everyone and that's really the beauty of it and I love seeing all ages conversing and I just it's funny because last year and this year I started doing my long runs on a different day so that I could just come set up and be a cheerleader like I don't even run at group runs anymore um, just because I have so much fun cheering on everybody and just getting to talk to everybody um, check in on their weeks and see how their weeks are going and what we can be praying for. And um, it really is just an, a, just an incredible overall experience. Just when people come together for the same cause, it makes this really awesome, beautiful thing happen. And it's just to get to witness it week after week is just something that I'll cherish for forever. 
It's beautiful. Yeah, we're getting ready for group run withdrawal after next week. Uh, <laughs> group runs are over after the race, and a lot of us feel like we're lost without the group. Yeah. Uh, there is a, like, a bit of withdrawal that happens after the race. Yeah, I mean, that first Saturday we get to sleep in is amazing. But, but now what? We definitely go through a little um, sadness when the season's over, for sure. Well, and I think, too, just about, you talk about people with different abilities. We're cheering for everybody, and definitely, I mean, we definitely have had some athletes. You know, I think about, you know, Jason Sivright, who's on our staff, who yeah. joined the, year, the team <laughs> the one, like, three, three weeks before the race, one of the fastest times in the church. So, you know, we, you definitely have people who are very athletic, who mm-hmm. like they kind of effortlessly do these runs or they do really well and they get cheers as well. But I think the biggest cheers come from the people that we know, like, this is everything they got to be out here. Like, it's a huge deal for some of the folks who have, when I think back over the years, like, it's a huge deal for some of the folks to to show up and to do this mm-hmm. thing, I mean, and to not drop out because, and you do occasionally have people that sign up with every intention and they realize like, this is really hard and it's not just hard. It takes a lot of time, especially if you're doing full marathon training. I mean, I don't even know how the full marathoners find the time to get all of their training in because you're, you're usually doing it in the evenings or you know, I was mm-hmm. talking to one of our full marathoners um, after the group on this morning and she was saying like, you know, right now I basically get up early, I go to work, I come home, I eat dinner and then I go out for a run. And then pretty much by the time I get home, I'm, I got back to lunch and I'm to bed. And so there is a sacrificial part of it. Uh, so those people who continually show up, who you know, like this is a fight, they're fighting against their bodies put these miles in and they may not be the fastest people but i feel like that's when you get the biggest cheers right i mean you see people get you know and that's probably one of the the more beautiful parts about that group culture of mm-hmm. visions. you see everybody gets celebrated and, and really like the more you overcome i think the more yeah, P- Pomoja, man. I mean, that's this year. That's our theme together. Like you know, mm-hmm. that's I look the, my screen's here, but I probably need to look at my camera here. Like, like our thing is, you know, go further together. That's 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 what we're saying. And there is something beautiful about watching somebody at the beginning of the year look at you and say, "I don't know how. I'm, I don't think I can do this. Like, there's something. There's no way I can do this." Um, but there's it's it's not an accident that the longest run of the week is meant to be done together. Yeah. Uh, because that is where you probably need the most encouragement. But also watching someone go from, I don't know if I can do this, to crossing the finish line, and you were part of that journey with them, not just you, but you and other people, um, it's something powerful, like watching that person cross the finish line. It's something empowering uh, about someone just digging deep and, and, and saying, I, I'm doing this even though it's costing me because I know uh, that this is going to serve somebody you know, across the world. And that why is what probably keeps this person when they get home 
Like if it was just if it was just running, I don't know. There's a handful of people who just run to run. I, I don't. I'm not one of them. Uh, just full disclosure. But yeah, there's times where the alarm goes off, uh, and it's dark, and I don't want to go run. But I think about why am I running? Why am I doing this? Uh, and something just says, there's, you can't. You can't. I mean, I can't say no. I have to get up. I have to do this, and I'm committed and I'm invested uh, in this. So I don't know if that's similar for you, Becca, but definitely for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I love that you talked about like a finish line moment, and you get to see these people on their journey week after week. And um, it is fun to see them in the beginning of the season, and then just see what they're capable of on race day. It's just, it's just incredible. And when you've done it before, you know the, the amount of sacrifice that it takes. And so um, I think that's why it's so easy to keep them encouraged is because they're working so hard and giving up so many hours of their time um, for something else. Like this isn't even for them. It's, it's just, um, <laughs> I keep saying a lot, but it's really incredible to see the amount of people that will sacrifice their time and their bodies in this way um, just to provide for people on the other side of the world. It's really, really cool. Well, and I remember my first year, every week the question would be asked, yeah, for how many of you is this your longest run? And <laughs> you kind of put your hand up, like you kind of feel dumb at first until you realize there's a whole bunch of people that this is their first. And then you mm -hmm. kind of feel like, okay, maybe I'm not so crazy. But what you said, Becca, made me think about a lot of times, so I'm a pastor and in church leadership, a lot of times I think we have this assumption of like, we have to lower the bar and make things as easy as possible for people to sign up to do things. But as I'm listening to you both talk, it, it seems like it's really just about casting a compelling vision. You know, it's really about casting a compelling why. And when you, when people are convinced that it's worth it, they will do Kind of amazing things and so i want to spend kind of the, the remainder of our time you know we've been kind of hinting at clean water but and i know this is like a passion for both of you like why is this such a big deal becca how did you get from you know <laughs> being a runner who could barely run down the street in 2017 to being a captain who's doing you know virtual fundraisers and is helping provide leadership to this this movement so you know why is this cause so worth it for you guys um well we already discussed my broken heart from before um i love that team world vision has bridged us with them and has taken this huge global crisis and given this little mom in kansas the ability to do something about it and um i feel it makes me feel stronger. It makes me feel like I'm doing something huge in this world. And I feel like because it's given me so much joy and so, so much has come out of it. Um, I think I just want so badly for other people to, to join in on that. Like we are given the opportunity to end a global crisis. Like that is a huge deal. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to even, um, make a small little dent in it. And I just, I can't wait to grow the team even more and just 
hear even more about these stories of transformation and what God is doing. Um, I just, the opportunity that's been put before us is really, really a great one. And, um, you know, Alyssa, we've talked about Alyssa before. (laughs) She's good at what she does. She looked at me and she's like, you know, we talk about burnout a lot. We want to make sure that our runners and our captains aren't getting burnt out um, because it can be really discouraging. It's volunteering is is no easy task. Um, But, you know, she looked at me and she's like, how much time you got in there? And I was like, well, I mean, I mean, we're planning on ending this thing around 2030. So I'm in, I mean, I'm in for the next decade, count me in. So uh, my goal is to get as many people on board as we can uh, and just follow this thing through to the end. And just, I mean, I can't imagine the day. And I sit, I, I like dream of the day when all of a sudden we're like, okay, guys, we did it. Like everybody has water, everybody. Like I can't imagine the day that everybody can have a clean glass of water. It's beautiful. Nick, can you, can you speak to a little bit like what kind of, we've talked about how it's so significant for, for people to have clean water, but can you talk a little bit about like what difference does it make to give people clean water? I mean, obviously, you know, we've talked about health and things, but I mean, it, it really is a game changer on many levels, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I like what you said, Beck. I mean, our goal is to work out of a job. I mean, that's, yeah. it, that, that's it's, I don't know any other way to say it. Uh, and that's such a, become such a passion for me because being able to go to the field and I went on a water walk with a young lady in Uganda a couple months ago and I saw this journey she takes every day. Uh, and because she does that, that means that in the morning she's up and like misses most of school. Uh, eventually a lot of these kids just end up not going to school because they miss so much time you know, trying to get, get water twice a day that they can't go to school. Um, and so we say water is life because a lot of these kids, it's mainly young girls, um, now once they get that water in the community, once they have clean water access to that, where it's like able, you don't have to spend all that time uh, walking, they can go to school, right? Um, and we know that, you know, with, with, with clean water means more sanitation opportunities and, and more opportunities for these people to, uh, for these communities to, to, to be healthy and, and all the things that kind of play out of that. So water is, is important for us, but you have to understand like it is fundamental uh, for these communities to have it because w- without it, everything else really is in flux. It's not, everything doesn't work the way it works, you know, for us in our, in our daily life. People are missing school, people are not healthy, uh, grandparents are having to take care of, of, of kids because the parents have died or kids are losing their lives. There's just so many dynamics to clean water that you probably don't even think about. Uh, and that's a big part of what World Vision does. It's not just uh, providing clean water, because once we provide clean water, then we can now come in with healthcare, then we can come in with education, uh, community building and training, uh, and micro loans, microfinancing loans, all these other things, farming, like it just, it builds off of clean water. Uh, and it definitely, it absolutely transforms an entire community. And I love World Vision's process of community ownership of this. So, because I think, you know, having been in a lot of mission projects, there's been a lot of damage that's been done from agencies from the West going, you know, to 
different countries and dropping in and offering aid and then leaving and then it doesn't really solve the problem. It just kind of almost creates more problems. So we'll talk a little bit too about just what's World Vision's process to, to make sure this is something the community owns and it's their project rather than just you know us coming in and dropping in some aid and then kind of backing away. Yeah, you know, something I learned really important early on and I used to say it, but I don't anymore was, you know, uh, Rusty Funk, our, our national director, he used to say, well, he still says, you know, we don't say we are the voice for the voiceless, okay? And I know that term, like, in, in, when you say it, when I said it, I, I was just, you're, you're, it's a very, I want to help this community gain a voice. And the truth is, they have a voice. They have opinions. They have, like, strong women and, and, and leaders in the community. We just want to be there to empower that. So when we go and, we, like, you know, we, we invest in the community, we're not saying, what's going to do? We're going to do this, this, and that. We ask, you know, what can we do for you? How can we help you? How can we empower you? And we let them, uh, you know, their engineers kind of do the, do the projects and the community leaders are the ones that are responsible for maintaining that water well. We're just there to be, you know, support and to, and to encourage them and be resources uh, because they're able to do so many great things once they're, they're empowered with them. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I, they have so much to offer and it's just so cool to just be a, a part of that uh and leaving a community with water is you know the, the goal is to you know leave them to be sustainable on their own and they are because they have great leadership that's already built in with them they just need that empowerment and that's where we come in with moving our feet and um getting people to, to get activated on this well and correct me if i'm wrong nick but doesn't world vision usually employ a few to like jobs are created and yeah, I mean, like within those communities, the, and I'm not going to throw out a statistic, but it's it's a high number percentage of mm -hmm. people who are in these villages and these communities, uh, and ADPs, which are area development projects, uh, they're all staffed mainly by locals. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we're we're there for support, uh, but we have area directors who are who are from these these areas and support staff that are working like you know to build to invest in their own communities because who's going to know best what their community needs it's not going to be you know nick in kansas city mm -hmm. right uh, it's going to be peter uh who lives in uganda and his, that's his community he's lived his whole life so why not have him be the area director and be the person who's going to be helping to you know empower everybody else in that area so yeah there's so many good things that come out of just being able to invest in these communities that they already have with this just being a part of it is what we are. Becky, you mentioned something earlier about, you know, this is something that I can do and make an impact. And I know as a, as a missions pastor, so often that's, that's a, the obstacle to, you know, being able to make a global impact is, well, I can't, I don't have vacation time to go get on mm -hmm. there. I don't have the money to go pay for a global mission trip. that's going to take a couple of weeks on top of my vacation time. So, um, how do you feel like being a part of Team Real Vision has kind of broadened your perspective about what's happening in the world, what God's doing in the world? How is it, I mean, think about, again, put yourself back in shoes of Becca Dawson 2017 to, to how's your world just kind of even change or what God's doing in the world? Um, I feel like it's definitely opened up my eyes to lots of good that's happening in my world in the world like there's 
all of a sudden you you start learning about so many other great organizations and so many um, people wanting to help. Like I feel like I hear all the time, like I want to help, but I don't know what to do. Da 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 da. And um, I just there's really a lot of people with the desire to help and there's a lot of people helping in so many different areas and um there's i i'm not sure that's a good that's a tough question well but i think i I guess i'm leading you a little bit but i think about i mean a lot of things that conversations you're having with people that you probably weren't having a couple years ago i mean it feels like you're you know thinking about even your leadership uh, development of somebody who probably would have never gotten on a stage with <laughs> because you're launching churches now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess I've never. Well, and you and I have talked about this. Like being called a leader is not something I've ever um, would ever have considered myself or considered myself even getting into a role like that. Um, being in front of people is terrifying. Um, so I think there's been a lot of growth that way, but I think when, you know, when we talked about earlier, when you're given this opportunity to do something that doesn't require me having to be on a plane for 24 hours and be away from my family for two weeks, um, I can go stand on a stage and, bring other people into this and bring the opportunity to as many other people as possible. And, you know, I can only do this little pocket of fundraising. I only have this group of people at my disposal, but if I grow the team into this many people and they have a whole new crop of people at their disposal, it just grows and grows and grows, which we've seen over the last 15 years of team world vision. It's just, blossomed and so um yeah it's just fun to be it's fun to be on this mission and know that we can make a difference well yeah and again as as a missions pastor um it was already an obstacle to get people on airplanes to go Mm -hmm. mission now i mean whenever people listen to this is we're recording in 2020 in the middle of a global pandemic so for our church, that meant all of our global missions are grounded for this year. And it's looking like we're probably not going to be getting on any airplanes to go on any global missions in 2021 either. So the COVID did not stop Team World Vision this year. It's looked different. But can you both talk about kind of as we as you wrap up today, how even with all the drawbacks, how have you seen God work? through Team World Vision in this crazy 2020 pandemic build year? Oof. Well, I remember Nick and I talking about, like, as churches were closing, you know, that was right in our big launch season. That's right when we have church after church after church lined up. And we went through launch training. And so we were trained up and ready. And we didn't do a single one. So, um I remember at that point being like, how in the world are we going to get anybody on this team? And how do we reach people? Um, and I think the greatest part of that, it's a, it made us get out of the church. It made us get out of those four walls. It made us try something new. It made us try things 
in a different way that we've never tried before. Um, and, you know, maybe next year when churches are open, we launch in churches and can do all these other things that we've now learned how to do. And, um, you know, I had a race in October, no, August, Nick and I did a, a relay race that was canceled. And the day that race was canceled, I remember really, I was actually really, I was mad. I was mad at everything that's going on with COVID. I was mad at God for taking some, taking that away from us. Like, you know, it's hard when we're, we're trying to do something so big and then it gets canceled and we had to find something else to do. And we ran that relay race here in Kansas. And I sat back after that weekend and felt really guilty for not trusting that God had something great for us. I had a lot of guilt because that weekend was amazing and we never would have had it if that the big race hadn't been canceled. We never would have done it that in that way. And I felt so blessed to have that weekend and have it done in that way. And so my focus has been this year turning it into, okay, it looks different, but we get to do things differently because of it. And it could end up being still something so amazing, even if it's not what we had planned. But, you know, a lot of changes have been okay this year. And our team is, we have a record-breaking year. Our Kansas City team per runner has raised more than past years per runner. So they're doing awesome. Say that one more time, just so people can hear that. So even in a year where there's pandemic and everybody's yeah. out, you know, making asks, and I know that was at the beginning of the season, it was like, man, I don't want to ask anybody for money right now because people are losing their jobs and stuff like that. But what did you just say about what's happening this year in Kansas City? Yeah, so I talked to Alyssa yesterday, Nick's boss, and um, she mentioned that we, I mean, we have, or Kansas City is breaking records for our amount per runner. And of course, I instantly was like, can I like tell this to all of the runners? Like, I think all of the runners need to know that we are, we're still breaking records in the midst of a pandemic and our team is small, but we are mighty. That's for sure. So. Well, and I'll just say kind of going back to, I'll speak directly to pastors on Nick and Becca's behalf. Cause I know sometimes it can be a hard sell, but mm -hmm. I will say qualitatively there is no other mission project that we have done in the church that has been this engaging of people and that has had this kind of an impact i mean when i tell people the amounts of money that team world vision has raised they're like that's for like the whole city right like no that's just our church mm -hmm. and people it blows their minds because they don't they're so used to like missions being like well let's just give the scraps off the table, but world vision is not the scraps off the table. I mean, people are being bold with their asks. People are stepping out in faith. And I think the general population, they recognize sacrifice and there, there's a respect there of, man, I, I cannot believe you're willing to get up Saturday morning. I cannot believe you're willing to, <laughs> you know, so many, so many times in like July, I'll get I do social media posts. People say, man, you really should run out. It's too hot. It's like, I got to keep going. Like it, uh, the calendar says I get supposed to run five minutes today. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, that's just, we got to do it. Um, and I think people see that. They see that, wow, like 
even if they don't fully understand the impact, impact of clean water and why this is such a big deal, they understand that when God people get to work and God's working through his people in such a mighty way, it's inspiring. It's super inspiring. So yeah, these, those kids, it doesn't matter if it's hot, if it's raining, if it's dark, cold, they got to get up every day and do it. They don't get to negotiate on weather and, um, you know, those circumstances. And so I love hearing you say that that's not like that. You don't equate that into your no. Uh, you might think about it, but you're committed to, to the process. And I think that's really cool. Well, and I don't just say that for my, I mean, I just think that's the team. I mean, that's the DNA that I've experienced as, as someone who has been able to be a part of Team Real Vision in the last couple of years is that you just have some very resilient folks who are understand their why. I mean, I, I'm excited. We've got at least a couple brand new runners this year and one who spoke to me in June being like, man, these distances are so long. And now was run, you know, certainly run past me you know, on the course and, and doing really great. And yeah, let's say I'm looking forward to kind of putting the running shoes away for a while after next week, but they didn't stop them, even though it was hard, even though, you know, it meant lack of sleep, even though it meant kind of a crazy season or at the end of the day, they're, they're doing this thing. So, well, I appreciate Becca. I appreciate you and Nick coming on today, taking the time to share your hearts about World Vision. Um, for those of you listening, watching, um, this is available on Apple Podcasts. It's available on our Community Linux YouTube channel. We're hoping that it'll be available on Spotify as well, on their podcast as well. We do want to encourage you to spread the word. There's so much happening in the greater community. Nick and Becca are doing great work, and there are so many others that are doing great work, and you can get involved. And so kind of as we wrap up today, um, if someone wants to either donate, because I know, you know, we've got some people that are right on the threshold of make, hitting their fundraising goals, or just even want to donate to generally to the team, how do they do that? And if they want to learn more about jumping on this crazy train in 2021, like how do they do that? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you know, we have a great landing page, teamworldvision.org slash Kansas City uh, has everything you need to know uh, on, on there, you get my contact information if you want to know how you can get involved in your church or if you're a pastor who wants to have this, have us do this with, you know, with your, with your people. We'd love to do that. My contact info is on there, teamworldvision.org slash Kansas City. Uh, and that you can donate there if you want. You can find a team that you want to support. Uh, and all the information you need is going to be found on teamworldvision.org slash Kansas City. So, every, you know, to put into context, uh, you know, the way we try to encourage people to see their fundraising is every $50 you, you, you donate or bring in, that equals bringing clean water to one person. Uh, and so that's how we want people to look at it. We don't want to look at it. Like right now, KC has raised over $150,000 uh, for clean water. And it's not that number. I think when you translate to how many lives is that impact, almost 3,000 lives are now forever impacted because of those donations. And that's how we like to look at it. Awesome. Well, thank you all. Thank you both so much for, for coming on the show this week. Um, keep tuning in. These are these debut live on YouTube on Wednesday at eight o'clock. So and also debut on Wednesdays on podcasts as well, but um, you don't want to miss these weeks. Keep tuning in, subscribe, 
give us a review. Tell us how we're doing and uh, be praying for us. Uh, be praying for, for Becca and Nick. Be praying for a mighty group of Kansas City runners uh, coming up to run a week from today. Um, we're recording on a Saturday, but uh, October 17th, when you finally see this, it'll be just a few days away. There's still time to donate. There's still time to support these guys, support this team. Some great life-changing work. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.